This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. I recently received an introduction to a website for a cult church in Trinidad called the Bethel House of God. And the site thought enough of me to give me a full-page spread on the work that I'm doing with Seek Ye the Truth, and decided to embellish the story just a bit so that their congregation would fear the evil forces of John. <laughs> I got a few good chuckles reading the article, how they added a fictional addiction to drugs to my testimony, and seemed that a, to think that a person could be saved by drugs. Salvation from drugs, they titled it. And how they thought that I was a prophet because I exposed the lies of a false prophet. Like so many trapped in the cult of William Branham, they have confused sorcerer with prophet. And have not come to terms with the fact that the failed visions of William Branham make him a false prophet. And the stories that William Branham invents, such as the man from Windsor, the guy that Branham said fell paralyzed but yet ran screaming, and he fell dead but yet was still suffering from cancer to this day. They were an attempt to present himself as a sorcerer. I got interested to see exactly what this cult church believed, since no two cult churches in the entire world can believe the same thing. And one page caught my eye. Seek the truth was not the only target for their condemnation. The website seemed to enjoy condemning plenty, and on this particular page, the entire article condemned sports, and the entire cult who is now enjoying sports. And this is a paradox, because even their cult leader loved, absolutely loved, the sport of hunting. There's even a picture from South Africa of the false prophet wearing a pair of shorts while he hypocritically condemned these shorts. He's wearing them during one of these sporting events that he held in South Africa. I read the article and I found that out of the many quotes that they found condemning sports, not one single quote came from the Bible. Not one. And there were many quotes that I was familiar with. 
There are many who are young in the cult of William Branham, and they do not realize this, but cult life now in the United States is absolutely nothing like it was during the times not long after William Branham died. You see, when he left the scene, there was no new manna from above, as they called it. The people were so unfamiliar with reading their Bibles and so programmed to follow the new word from the false prophet that they began to re-scrape the old sermons and come up with new rules. Dresses, for instance, are much longer today than in the photograph of William Branham with his wife and children. In fact, I watched a poor girl get blasted from behind the pulpit at Jeffersonville, Indiana for wearing one of these scandal skirts and as the pastor called it this and and the tiny bit just a little tiny bit of ankle showing was nothing compared to the knobby knees of the great and powerful Branham's own children my father my own father was best friends with Joseph Branham William Branham's son and was alive to spend time with the boy while William Branham was still alive They've parted ways and have absolutely nothing to do with each other after the love of money set in. But we're always found together according to the stories that my father and my grandfather tell. Both my father and William Branham's own son were avid sports fans. To this day, both men, although never talking to each other, love to talk about sports. I can remember visiting the buildings rented out by Joseph Branham here in Jeffersonville and the children rushing in eager to enjoy a game of basketball or foosball. And I know now that Joe's motives are completely different than what I thought back then, trying to capture the hearts of the young men and women who will one day send in their donations. But back then I saw this as a very kind and generous act. But you see, after William Branham died, men not only added to his teaching, they invented new rules. As they scraped the recorded sermons to find the fresh nuggets, as they called it, they would find Branham condemning or disliking this or that. I've known people who won't even own a cat because William Branham didn't like them. <laughs> Others who forced themselves to pretend <laughs> to like the sport of hunting just because their fearless leader did. These men, tossed by the waves, searched the words of the false prophet without consulting the word of God. Each new revelation, as they call it, like this condemnation of sports on the Bethel website, becomes more and more like the Bible stories of the lawyers that worked with the Pharisees. You see, in the days of Jesus, the Pharisees were the popes of the Jewish people. They were considered to be the holy ones and the ultimate authority of handling the word, the law of Moses, just like the pastors do with William Branham today. Forget about what the Bible says about something. Let's hear what the prophet says. Forget about quoting the Bible when we condemn sports. Let's show what the prophet says. But the Pharisees themselves were unwilling to take the challenge of learning the entire law for themselves. Had they actually read the law and understood the purpose of love behind the law, things might have ended up different. 
there would have been no need for a Messiah if the people were already walking in perfect love. So these Pharisees, they worked closely with men who examined and studied the law of Moses. And they were called lawyers. As the men and women who study governmental law today are called lawyers, the governing law in that day came from Moses. And they were called lawyers back then. Like these pastors who invent new rules that not even their own prophet promoted, the lawyers invented new laws that were not found in the Mosaic law. And they twisted laws that were actually written to bend them a little bit as they tried to make people seem pure and as they saw fit. During the time when William Branham was alive, the divine healing movement was growing strong. And song services back then were entirely different from today. The powerhouses in divine healing believed that the song service should be a very soft and slow, using only a piano and an organ. And this is common practice to any religion, even pagan, for entering into a healing ritual. If you distract the patient from the work of the elemental spirit, no healing can occur. William Branham instructed my grandfather, the pastor of the Branham Tabernacle in Jeffersonville, Indiana, to only, I repeat, only allow the piano and the organ into congregational worship. The pastor tells it from the congregation, from the platform, all the time through his sermons, only a piano, only an organ. You that bring the tambourines, get them out. <laughs> Cult pastors today realize that this is extra biblical. David had hundreds, if not thousands, of instruments. And we find praise and worship, even dancing, all throughout the Bible. The cult pastors realize this, and some are music lovers. This Bethel church is no different. I watched a few of their music videos. <laughs> Very good music, by the way. And I noticed that they did not practice the instruction by the false prophet. So this creates a problem. While condemning other churches for not following Branham's teaching, they themselves are breaking his rules in other areas. It reminds us of the words of Jesus. How can you remove the speck from your own eye, from your brother's eye, without first removing the log from your own eye? But to the lawyer in the Old Testament, it was no different, really. They scoured through the old law, taking things in and out of context like it was some sort of switchboard to turn laws on and off and to twist laws to fit their situation. None of us really like sports, but music? <laughs> Let's bend the rules just a bit. <laughs> the ways of the Pharisees and the lawyers resulted into asceticism, which is condemned all through Scripture. Asceticism is the belief that you can make yourself more holy by forbidding yourself earthly things of this world. And Paul himself condemns it all throughout scriptures. Paul asks this, paraphrased, all through his letters. If our earthly bodies have died to this world, and we now live in the spiritual, how can the things that we do for our earthly bodies have any effect on our spiritual bodies? It's very interesting because 
Paul himself references sports in his comparisons for the church through all his letters. To Timothy, an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. 2 Timothy 2.5 To the Philippians, I press onward toward the goal for the prize of uplifting the call of God in Jesus Christ. Philippians 3.14 To the Corinthians, every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. 1 Corinthians 9.25 Again to the Corinthians, do you not know that in a race <laughs> all runners run? but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. 1 Corinthians 9.24 What was the Apostle Paul doing referencing this evil thing called sports? You see, these cult pastors do not reference the Word of God when they invent new rules for their congregations. And there's no set of checks and balances. They aren't balanced in the Word. If they were, there would not be a single cult church. Everything taught must, I repeat, must be brought back to the Word. If the teacher does not filter his teaching through the Word of God, then he is a false teacher. It's comical reading the Bible stories about the lawyers in the days of Jesus. Picture the scene. <clears throat> Jesus openly condemning the Pharisees for they're following the letter of the law and completely forgetting why the law was written. Then, during this rebuke, he throws a few jabs at the lawyers. And they sit back in their chairs, looking at each other, shocked. What? <laughs> Did he just? Listen to the words of Luke 11. <clears throat> While Jesus was speaking, a Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So he went in and reclined at a table. And the Pharisee was astonished to see that he did not first wash before dinner. And the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees cleanse the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You fools, he says. Did he, did he not who made the outside make the inside also? You see what Jesus was saying here. It's not the rules that you apply to your outside. There's no biblical law against sporting. It's what's on the inside that counts. Jesus continues, But give as alms to those that are within, and behold, everything is clean for you. But woe unto you, Pharisees, for you tithe and mint and rue and every herb and neglect justice, for, neglect justice and the love of God. These ought you to have done without neglecting the others. In other words, you openly condemn sports and think you're clean by this, but you neglected the word of God. Where is the love of God? And if you deny his word to uplift the words of a false prophet. Here's the funny part, speaking to the lawyers. Woe unto you Pharisees, for the love is the best seat in the synagogue. For you... <clears throat> Woe to you Pharisees, for you love the best seat in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. Woe unto you, you're like unmarked graves, and people walk over them without even knowing it. <laughs> One of the lawyers answered and said, Teacher, in saying these things, you insult us also. 
And he said, Woe unto you lawyers also, for you load people with burdens hard to bear, and you yourself do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe unto you. That's exactly what we see in the cult of William Branham. These pastors have taken the rules of Branham far beyond what Branham himself did, and they're placing more and more weights on the shoulders of their congregations. I saw some old men entering the building in these videos of this cult church in Trinidad, and the pastor who looked like he had never been involved in sports for quite some time. And these men are old and have no desire for sporting. But what about the children? Just because this weight is very easy for them to bear on their own shoulders, they really think that they can place the extra burden on the children? Jesus does not have good things to say about the lawyers. Jesus says, For you build the tombs of the prophets whom your fathers killed. So you are witnesses and consent to the deeds of your fathers, for they killed them, and you build their tombs. Therefore also the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill and persecute, so that the blood of all prophets shed from the foundation of the world may be charged against this generation, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah who perished between the altar of the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, it will be required of this generation. Woe unto you lawyers. When these men invent rules after Branham's death, they are not only following the letter of the law, they're adding to it. And not the law of the Bible, because there's no scripture that forbids the enjoyment of sports. They're adding to the letter of Branham's law. In this, they mistakenly think that they are increasing their knowledge and holiness. But they do not realize that they're doing the exact opposite. Jesus says that they have taken away the key to knowledge. Jesus says this, For you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter yourselves, and you're hindered by those who were entering. He says, as he went away from, the Bible says, as he went away from there, the scribes and the Pharisees began to press him hard and to provoke him to speak about many things, lying in wait for him to catch him in something he might say. Now I realize that by showing others the error of this condemnation of sports, these people behind this website will blast me for something else. In fact, when they published it, it can be visibly seen them lying in wait to see my response to their long fictional article condemning me for my walk with Christ. But here's the thing. While they focus on my past as the target of their condemnation, I focus on my walk with Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul did not have a good past. He mentions participating in the stoning of Stephen. He persecuted the Jews and was not a good example of the perfect Christian in the eyes of men. But Jesus Christ did not come to save the saved. He came to save the lost. Paul was the perfect example in God's eyes. He was lost as lost could be, but one day came into contact with Jesus 
on the road to Damascus, and his life was changed forevermore. I'm not proud of my past, and I regret having the, the disease that plagued me day and night. That serotonin that Bethel mistakenly accused me of taking as a drug is a chemical that's found in the healthy body. And when the body stops producing it, bad things happen. It causes loss of sleep, chronic depression, and ultimately loss of life. Condemning me for the disease that I, was in, I had when I was enslaved by the cult is just like condemning a diabetic for his body's failure to produce insulin. If he does not receive insulin by some other means, his body will shut down and die. And if that insulin is not ready available, he'll go to extremes to find it. But we were taught in this cult that these medicines for depression were of the devil. One pastor told me that time and again he'd watch somebody take this medicine for their depression and not long after that, they were no longer believing in William Branham. And see, that is a problem. If the medicine that helps your mind return to health causes you to leave the teachings of a false prophet, then could it be that those teachings caused the disease in the first place? I've been medicine-free for several months now, having left the cult of William Branham and finding new joy in serving Jesus Christ without the filter of man's law. I hope that since this Bethel website has now advertised my site for me, that many in its congregation will also find joy in serving Jesus Christ. After watching the massive surge in traffic from Trinidad, it's easy to see that many who were never told of the visions William Branham had that never came to pass are now seeing this for the very first time. I'm hoping they will also check out www.searchingforvindication.com and www.believethesign.com. There's enough evidence on those sites to condemn William Branham in a court of man's law, not to even mention a court of God's law. Hopefully, Branham repented for all of this on his deathbed. I'll gladly be condemned by others if it will help one single person to find Jesus Christ. I already look like a fool. I mean, look at me. So it really doesn't matter to me if another person sees what I look like if I can point them back to Jesus Christ. God bless you.